We're going to call the order of the regular meeting for the Peace River Town Council for Monday, October 22nd, 2018. Let the record show that we made another record today. We started on time. Uh, that takes us to the adoption of the agenda. And uh, are there any additions, Mr. Parker? There aren't any, Your Worship. Okay. So I'm assuming that there aren't any deletions in it. There are none, Your Worship. Very good. A motion to adopt the agenda as presented. All in favor of Mr. Davis' motion? Uh, <coughs> takes us to <coughs> minutes of October 9th, 2018. Um, any. Uh, any changes required there? Clarifications, deletions, corrections, etc., etc. I'll move the minutes. Okay. All in favor? Great. Are there any public hearings, Mr. Parker? There are not, Your Worship. Great. We can go to the interesting part of the meeting. Presentations. First one up is Rotary House. Oh, great. Ms. Bench, Mr. Oh. Sanchak, and Mr. Rhodes. They brought the 18 Rotary House. The only Uh, that we've been working on. Uh, 
another part of the uh, the uh, facility itself and, and the operation was this board was basically put together uh, last January due to a number of changes and stuff we basically became functional more lately this spring and have since then hired a uh, facility operator manager to help us run the place and she has been phenomenal in getting us organized and getting us up and running so the plan was to start taking on regular clients as of October 15th, but again, we had some some slight drawbacks in that. Uh, we currently got our, our status papers now, we have a recognized nonprofit, and are going through the finalizing that sort of paperwork to actually get it so that we can function and uh, get some people in there. Um, presentation like it says it's mostly a lot of pictures for you to take a look at uh, the, the facility itself is based on um, four rooms on each floor uh, four upstairs for the doctors four downstairs uh, with uh, sets of two rooms being joined so we can use them for uh, larger groups families as needed um, the place is fully furnished and uh, all the furnishings everything that's in there right now is bought food for through donations and fundraising so uh, basically <clears throat> what we're looking for now is to be able to operate it and make it, make it usable so um like i say i'm going to click over the slides down the way there a bit we're asking for a continued support from the town i think we uh, put a proposal in last week two weeks ago to have the money that's being directed currently to the uh, assistant uh, doctor's funding for housing to be shifted over to the Rotary House and that was agreed to, which uh, we are quite thankful for. Um, what we're looking at is trying to figure out basically for this first year of operation how much we're going to need to run this place. So we are going around to all the municipalities that are involved and that will probably be using the place and um, trying to get a commitment from them. It's worth it for a one-year commitment basically to start with so that we can actually get some numbers and know where we're going from So um, that's, that's kind of our ask here tonight. <coughs> we have uh, meetings here tonight up at County and Northern Lights and uh, Northern Sunrise County tomorrow. Also, uh, an attached a small and very uh, loose uh, budget for the upcoming year. There's a lot of question marks there because we really, really don't know a lot of things on how it's going to cost us. Um, what we have figured out is there's a number of things that just pop up that we never really expected, which that's um, We've got some basic numbers there, and, and we're looking at getting some support to help for those out. Um, I think um, our shortfall is in, a, in the range of $50,000 is what we're figuring. Again, that's going to be a 
Just on in regards to the utilities, uh, as far as power and, and gas, uh, do we have the opportunity of approaching approaching the, uh, the suppliers and possibly uh, getting a sponsorship or something through them as well to help lower some of those utility costs? Not sure that's something that was considered, but it probably could be. Um, because we are in there with not too shallow, you know, the, the supply is going to be one supply, right? We can't split that. So I'm not sure how that would work exactly, how they would be able to do that. Um, our utilities are based on a percentage of the total in the building based on square footage. We should maybe back up a little bit and explain. We'll be having a lease for the North Peace Housing. Uh, we'll be giving them the property that Florida Club doesn't want the, the property. Uh, and uh, their, their lease is, is a way for them to recover the fixed expenses of the, of the whole building. Mr. Scalar? Uh, I don't have any questions. Well, just, perhaps just to, so that I can restate for the record, I think everybody knows that the town has been a, a big supporter of the Rotary Club. So we're so far we're four or five hundred thousand, uh, and then of course there was some funds from uh, Northern Sunrise County out of Joint Capital on the matches. And I guess the other point that's already been made is the reallocation of the the doctor recruitment, uh, uh, two thousand dollars a month. So that would be for uh, October, November, December. So just for the gallery or for others that are listening, so. The town has been behind Rotary House, and uh, that's uh, certainly been a, a project that I've been supportive of. Uh, just uh, to the group, uh, what would be sort of a reasonable goal on on the fundraising? I know uh, Rotary usually does a, a gala or a casino or some event. Is, is there a uh, what what do you think what would be a reasonable number that you think you you could fundraise in a, in a year or in an event to support the well, Again, there are some question marks there. We can base our you know, gala stuff maybe on the previous ones, but a gala for fundraising to build a building is probably a little bit different than operational funds. Uh, so I'm not sure you get the same involvement, but we will certainly plan something. Um, you mentioned the casino as well, and again, uh, we will have our name in for a casino, but we're not to see that for three years. So, uh, <clears throat> so that's that's the question marks on on the budget. Um, I think a realistic. I can maybe speak to that coming from the Rotary Club. Um, the uh, the gala this year is a is a, it goes to a we're, we're splitting it with another party, and of course that's that's. I don't know where that is right now. The uh, the next time we're involved in a casino is actually this winter. I think it's the first quarter in, uh, in, in 2019. Uh, we haven't allocated those funds yet. We haven't got that far. Uh, so we, 
we don't know what uh, what to expect from that. We understand the numbers for the uh, casinos are probably down from what they were in the past. We, we never know what we're going to get before we get there. Um, in terms of other fundraising, uh, uh, the Rotary Club hasn't got anything on the on the table right now for other fundraising for this particular project. Not to say that we won't. We just we just don't at this point. Just uh, well, thank you. That helps. One other, uh, if I may. Uh, uh, the doctor recruitment money that was uh, town is, uh, I think we've done it two years or maybe it's three now, but two, two for sure. So uh, it was $2,000 a month. So looking ahead, uh, AHS is paying at under hood $1,500 a month for those rooms. Is that is that accurate or does anybody know? Um, the best one to speak to that would be uh, Kelly. Uh, I didn't attend the last meeting that we had with AHS. We have, uh, uh, I think, the, uh, the basics for a contract coming up forward. But I don't have the details. I'm wondering if Kelly can communicate. Yeah, that is what they're paying. It's 1500 for two of the rooms. And the other two rooms on the, the doctor recruitment floor would be funded with the other $2,000. Thank you. I've actually thought of one. Can we back up one step? <laughs> Sorry. Um, are, are, is there a lot of concern that? This project is kind of sucking all the oxygen out of the room for some of the other work that Rotary have, that Rotary does do, and it's kind of like we can't do anything else until it's sort of sorted out. Not really. We've stepped forward with a, with a, some other projects. Uh, uh, we've kind of stood a, a, away from this. We've, we've done the fundraising. Uh, we've we've, uh, we've got the thing so that it's, it's almost ready to open full time. We've, we've got the thing up and, and moving. Uh, we have to come back to Rotary for some money, we'll come back to Rotary for some funds, but at this point, uh, Rotary's moved on to other things. So I should probably clarify that a bit. That was the whole idea of standing up a, uh, a board of directors for the, for the Rotary House. So that board of directors is uh, formed by three members from the Rotary Club and two members at large, which is myself and uh, The idea being that that board of directors would manage the operations, maintenance, and functioning of that uh, building and kind of take it off the Rotary Club's plate as such so that they could exactly do that focus on other projects and other commitments uh, and they will still obviously be a big supporter of it but again their their executive and their board of directors won't be making the decisions directly related to Rotary House. That's there. Yeah, I think maybe back up. It, it, we're doing a lot of that. Yeah, it, but uh, it's a discussion. That's what happens. Um, uh, Rotary House now is its own society. Uh, we were registered as a society, and, and we got our papers here last week. Uh, and and that's it's going to be a separate entity from Rotary whatsoever. Rotary will still have influence at, at the board level by having three of the five uh, directors coming from Rotary. So that's the connection. Do you have a supplemental? Nope. So again, a lot of the fundraising that going forward into the future will be run by this board, the board of directors of the house itself, as opposed to the Rotary Club themselves. Now, if they want to have a casino and they want to donate some money to us, we'll certainly take it. But again, I think because we're our own society now, the point I was trying to make is we're a new society, and for us to apply for a casino license under our own name, it's going to be.
Okay, Ms. Downey, your chance. Thank you, Your Worship. Uh, great news about all of those things coming together for the Rotary House. I'm really excited about it. I, I have, I'm, I'm a little unclear about the lease process with Memphis Housing. I'm not sure how that plays in. Um, yeah, I don't understand that part. I'm wondering if you can clarify that for me. I'll, I'll try. Uh, just some time to this. I'll, I'll just talk real loud. Um, the uh, uh, North Peace Housing will, will be giving the title to North Peace Housing. And the North Peace Housing then will be leasing back to us in order to recover the fixed expenses that, that, are, that, that are appropriated, giving our, that we occupy a certain square footage of the building. And, and most of that is, is things like gas and uh, for heat and, and uh, water and power and, and some of the building envelope maintenance. Uh, at this point, we have uh, something in draft at the uh, at the lawyers, but we don't have anything that we've uh, we, we signed off on yet. Okay. It's it's a it's a mechanism for them to recover money. All right. I'm sort of putting it all together about how they assume this asset, and now they'll be able to recover some money on yeah. it. All right. Perfect. Thanks for sharing. there. Um, thank you for the presentation. So there's going to be two societies. One is normal Rotary Society and the other will be this society. Okay, so two possible casinos can help maybe fork in some money over time is the way it would work. Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, and with respect to um, Councillor Downing's question, so what, uh, explain if you could to me, building renewal depreciation. So fifty thousand a year, it is that part of the lease, or is that society money? Or how does that part of no. it? Uh, we have to build a reserve. Okay. Uh, uh, for obviously for internal replacement and, and repair and, and, and those kinds of things. Okay. And so we, uh, I, I can't remember the number that we come up with, but we come up with a certain percentage that has to go back into a reserve. Okay. And the other question. Um, uh, you said you weren't able to uh, open some more rooms or some rooms on you know October mid October here. What's the next um, uh, date that you might be able to open? We actually have a meeting uh, next Monday, so okay. we'll be discussing that. Then. Yeah. Thank you. Mr. Good. No questions. You said uh, you have a fifty. So your ask is for fifty thousand dollars. Lots uh, of of a group of municipalities they are asked today we, we can't really be specific today okay some portion of that but you have a fifty thousand dollar shortfall that's yes. that's what we're estimating again this first year is really going to be a, a guess on the reality sort of thing um i i think what we're doing is we're going through different municipalities and uh, we're asking for about twenty thousand if they feel that's right or that's what they can afford then obviously we'll you're certainly budgeted. Um, we're estimating a fifty fifty thousand dollar shortfall. But again, that could be more, that could be less. And so again our our uh, our ask will be next year will be much more concise. So the fifty thousand dollar ask, has that already incorporated the two thousand dollars a month? Oh, so you want more money above the two thousand? 
it's the same presentation that we have in the package. Yes. Yeah. So after the yeah. yeah. Let's just yeah. Yeah. yeah, just go pull yeah. it up from the, yeah. our package. It'll be fine. Yeah. We'll just do an alternate version, and we'll just do it this way. Okay. It's frozen. Oh. as of five and a half months ago, almost six months ago, uh, the director of the uh, director of the uh, Boreal Research Institute here in uh, Peace River. Um, so it's my uh, uh, my my pleasure to be here. And uh, what actually brings me here is uh, we're uh, in the process right now of applying for a uh, uh, federal funding from the Natural Resources Engineering and Research Council and CERT uh, for a Technology Access Center grant. So this is the largest grant that actually NCERT gives out, and it's a renewing uh, five-year grant. Um, so uh, basically, as long as we meet our uh, deliverables, it's renewable forever, and it's to support two of the four uh, sort of research pillars at the BBRI. Um, so what, what, I, what I thought I would do today is just sort of discuss a little bit about the BRI. I know I only got about, about 10 minutes left here. Um, a little bit about TAC, and then I have some extra slides or something. I want to ask some sort of general questions. Uh, we're only asking actually for a letter of support, uh, as in all the funding that we require to get the TAC uh, up, up, up and running is, is already invested uh, and coming from the institute itself, which is already up, up and running, as you'll see when we get to some of the other slides, uh, or from the federal grant itself. 
So uh, our mission is to support the, promote the informed use of Boreal resources through applied science, education, and partnerships. Um, so the Boreal Research, let's scroll down here. So the Boreal Research Institute, soon to be renamed the Center for Boreal Research, to match all of Nate's other applied research facilities, has actually been around since uh, 1995 in one form or another. Uh, and in its current form, with the current ex expansion, uh, since about 2014. Um, so for those of you not familiar with sort of Nate's uh, applied research model, all of our researchers are uh, full-time researchers. So they aren't uh, in, in instructors in order to teach teaching load. Uh, what they do is applied research full-time. Um, at the moment we have, and, and I always call it a hidden gem, and, and when I knew the position was gonna come open, I, I, I did everything I could to get the, the, the job that I have now. Um, we actually have seven full-time PhDs working on the Memorial Research Institute right now doing nothing else but applied research. Uh, in, in, in total, we have uh, 12 full-time staff. Um, in the summer, we hire an additional 15 who come up here and work for uh, three months. Um, this recent year, we had five graduate students from um, uh, one from Newfoundland, uh, one from Quebec, uh, from the University of Calgary, University of Alberta, fellow um, visiting researchers, uh, lots of consultants and collaborators come up. We have research sites spread all across the border for us from Zama all the way down past Conklin. Um, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of the cutting edge uh, tailings research for uh, sort of a large oil sands mine. Um, we are also conducting that right here in East River. Um, stay tuned on that. There's, uh, we're getting some pretty good results and we should be moving to some trials here in the next couple of years. Um, also here in Peace River, um, we've conducted 12 uh, events, workshops, uh, as well as pra practitioner training sessions, uh, and we also do public tours. And uh, most recently we had our, every year they come up 40 uh, forestry tech students who also spend a week up here. So um, we're a small institute, but uh, I think we have a pretty good impact. Uh, uh, all of the staff, except for myself, and I split my time between the main campus where we actually uh, live and work right here in uh, Peace River. Um, so the pictures here at the top, that's uh, Little Buffalo School when they uh, came up for the visit. So we do a lot of uh, science visits uh, to encourage uh, students to sort of enter into the sciences because uh, that's our, our passion. We think everybody should be passionate about that too. Uh, and the one on the bottom there, that is actually the, uh, the, the forestry students from just this uh, about a month ago. Uh, they're wearing some uh, greenhouse tech. So what are we, what's the future growth? Um, we are looking to actually staff up. We're actually down two staff right now, so we're looking to come up to uh, two, two more, and this is without the uh, Technology Access Center. So the Technology Access Center itself, and um, um, I'm working on about three hours of sleep, and it was Jean-Marie who's also, he's the lead on this, working on about three hours of sleep. We're actually putting this in uh, tomorrow morning as the final draft, so it's, uh, we're, we're uh, I would like to uh, thank the council for uh, advancing us a, a draft of the letter ahead of my uh, uh, talk here. Um, so the Technology Act Center is going to focus on plant and seed reclamation technologies primarily, uh, but it's also going to focus on um, sort of innovative um, methods uh, to work out to deploy them. Um, uh, one of the things it's also going to do, and we're going to host that also out of the BRI, is we are going to form the uh, Western 
uh, the Northwestern Alberta uh, Plant and Seed Consortium. So uh, one of the issues with getting the costs down into uh, sort of raising the bar on uh, reclamation using species other other than uh, sort of the, uh, the trees, because they're very good at growing trees, um, is to understand um, that there are challenges around genetic seed zones, around seed collection, seed cleaning, and until these challenges are uh, overcome, it's actually fairly cost prohibitive um, to do some of the rec reclamation we'd like to do on some of the caribou uh, uh, habitat, for example, of, of species of traditional use and traditional value. Um, so um, a lot of the pack is going to be focused on, on that, and we're going to host that plant and seed con consortium uh, right here in Al Alberta. It'll be modeled after, after one that's uh, currently exists in eastern Alberta, uh, and essentially it uh, overcomes the challenge of having to wait a year or two from the time you identify the need for certain species to the time you can collect, clean the seeds, have them registered, grow them in a greenhouse, and then deploy them. So it reduces that by one year. Um, the other thing uh, we are going to be establishing, and we're already uh, going on a few of those, is uh, we're going to be establishing some seed orchards. And uh, once again, this is to uh, start to reduce the cost and get the quality up. Um, not related to the tax, so that's sort of what's related to the tax and the service, the, the uh, short to medium term. Along with the tax, there's going to be uh, probably one or two uh, more full time positions as well. Um, we are looking to expand in general to one more research chair. Right now we have uh, sort of four pillars at the DPRI, and if I don't run out of time, I've got some extra slides at the end. Um, so those four pillars are uh, plant and seed technol technologies, we've got uh, upland reclamation, we've got wetland reclamation, and then we have research education and extension. So those are sort of the four pillars of DPRI. And we're looking to add one more, which will be uh, more forestry. Um, uh, facing, which is sort of my background and my uh, passion, and we're looking at uh, growth and yield and uh, sort of forest and biodiversity uh, studies. Um, we, even though the Board of Ex uh, Research Institute expanded in 2014, we are already full. Um, um, so the uh, major grant that came for the expanded expansion was from the CFI, uh, and uh, we are apparently their, uh, their, their favorite son. Uh, because we not only did what we said we were going to do, we're full, and we're now eligible to apply for more money um, for another expansion. Um, our office space is full. Um, the, the, the meeting room in the middle is now cubicles. Um, we, uh, when we have all of our students up in the uh, summer, it's uh, elbow room. We've spilled out in, into the back, and um, really we're showing no sign of slowing down. So, um, uh, we are now looking to expand in probably two to three years. Um, the existing program growth, I've already talked about that's going to be one more research chair, and with a research chair comes uh, one or two full-time technician positions as well. Um, I should mention that uh, we are uh, essentially indirectly supported through the college, but we are, we are about 80% supported by industry. Uh, and as applied research, that's because we only work on industry problems. So if we don't have an industry partner with a, with a proper problem that they need help with, uh, we don't do it. And most importantly, um, we're an enthusiastic bunch, uh, and um, that's, that's been, he's our research chair in uh, the wetlands, and that was a minus 30 something day, and we were, they were throwing hot water into the air. I don't know why. 
<laughs> and there on the right, that's actually Amanda. She's our uh, 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 National College Research Chair in Apapan Reclamation, and um, they were doing a bunch of uh, experimental uh, plantation work um, with capital power. So I have some more slides which talk, talk about the individual chairs, but I think I'll stop here now because it took so long <laughs> to get going. Uh, if anybody has any questions, and once again, I'd like to you know, thank you for your time and your patience. And um, uh, I can talk about this all day, and I'll stop. Great. Let's start with Mr. Good, and we'll come to talk about No questions? Thank you, Mayor. Um, so it sounds like an excellent project, and, and when would you know whether or not you do have this new grant? So we are uh, com compiling the documents um, um, today, tomorrow. Um, they're being sent on Friday. Uh, insert, because this is the largest grant that they, they give us, a one and a half million dollar grant will renew over five years or whatever, essentially. Um, they actually have a committee which is coming to visit, so they'll be visiting Peace River, I believe, on December 4th and 5th. Have to set up some meetings with the client and they'll be touring the facilities and then we are to hear about it in uh, i believe the third week in january or early february is when we'll get the announcement of course we'll hear about it a little ahead of time but it's a federal large federal grant so we have to wait till the official announcement okay and i guess the other question is um these students when they they come for the week or whatever where do they end up staying or What's their accommodation? So the forestry students, um, they fill up the Chateau Nova. So I was on the third floor, and they were mostly on the second floor. Um, Probably a good thing. Yeah, it was a great thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, actually, um, a, a bigger challenge for us is we, we bring up 15 plus we have five, so we have 20 visiting people um, who are here to work for three months over, over the over the summer. Um, so we typically have uh, shared accommodations for them, and that's always a uh, some, something that's a challenge here, as it is in a lot of that's every year. So last year we had seven or 20, I think, in total, which is our biggest number. And we're looking to be about the same next year. Okay. Great. Well, thank you. Excellent. Well, like Your Worship, uh, Mayor Tarkey, this is one of my favorite projects in Peace River as well. So welcome to you. And I'm glad that you're so excited about uh, being a part of this project in our area. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned earlier that you don't do a project unless it's industry driven. So the plant and seed reclamation, that's not, that is part of TAC or that's sort of in support of TAC or I'm sorry if I didn't quite understand that. Yes, so what we, primarily the uh, plant and seed technology access center is gonna be geared towards is mostly the nursery industry, which has an expressed interest. In fact, we have seven letters of support from them plus the the provincial association is also going to be on board and are, are, are going to put a member on our advisory board as well. Um, so there's a real need for them uh, to get the cost down. Most of the research in native plants actually occurs outside of Alberta. Um, there's a, uh, and this is in other than those uh, commercial species. So there's a lot of research being done on ornamentals. There is uh, decades of research on commercial tree species. So that's why we're not doing those. We figured out how to grow commercial tree species really well. We figured out the seed zone, we figured out tree improvement. There's been very little work done on uh, the other species, so mostly the shrubs, uh, but we're also been working on the, the forest as well. Um, and then the other group which has expressed a lot of interest is the First Nations Committee. So we've approached uh, 
seven communities. Uh, we already offer services to a couple, and that's uh, um, we show them uh, how to recognize when the species, when the different uh, plants and seeds are ripe, how to clean them. Um, all seeds have to be registered provincially because of seed genetic zones. Uh, and, uh, and they promise to also store the seed for free. And then we show them how to uh, grow the seed and then de deploy. And they have a, a range of services that they would like to be able to offer, um, that they would like to participate in, as well as traditional use species, uh, which they'd like to know how to grow and, and, and sort of re reestablish. So that's, those are our two main uh, groups. And, um, um, and obviously, my background is in environmental impact assessment. I, I, I took biodiversity plants, rare plants on more than 12 saggies and a couple of big, big mines. And, and, and these other species are always mentioned in the reclamation plans. I know because I put it in there. Uh, and, and weren't always deployed. It was always for natural or very expensive or took, took years. And um, so that's sort of the nature of the, of the uh, attack. That sounds like a really big project. So good luck. Very big. Yeah. Thank you. So is there anything that we can do to help you win? Um, actually, the, 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 uh, the letter of support was great uh, and um, uh, hit the right note. Um, and um, we will be probably reaching out to maybe somebody from the council or the, the mayor himself um, to maybe meet with insert when they come on November, I think it's 5th or 6th. Um, oh, sorry, December 5th or 6th. Um, and um, just sort of re reiterate uh, you know, our position here. Understand that we will be looking for expansion in a couple of years, um, sort of our value uh, to the, uh, the, the community and that there's their support. So um, we haven't uh, got confirmation, firm confirmation on the date yet, um, but. Uh, uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's, a, it's important for the TAC because this is a forever thing from the, from the government that we have community so support as well. So we don't need to go lobby JT or Christopher Freeland? No, no. Although, although if you've been following the news, you, you saw Justin Trudeau at Nate at the new PIC Center, which is the uh, Productivity Innovation Center, which is my office is now right beside that. So I split my time doing there and here. And um, so. Um, uh, I feel good about this application, but uh, the, the, the visit is very important as well. So what do you think our chances are? 90%? I would say we're over 80 uh, on this particular one, uh, simply because we have uh, all the major funding or, or organizations, uh, FRIA, Alberta Innovates, uh, um, Couple of we have a couple of deputy ministers have all recognized uh, there's sort of the need for this and, and that uh, we're in a good place. We have uh, three letters from First Nations communities. We'll have two more hopefully coming tomorrow. Um, so I think we're in a good place. I would say our chances are over 80 percent. So how many extra positions? Uh, I think you mentioned it earlier, but how many extra full-time positions? Would you I think with the attack, we would see within two years, once we get the plant seed consortium up, up and going, uh, two more full-time positions. Um, if we're really six successful, we are predicting to do just under a million dollars worth of industry uh, of this business. Um, we're already in, in related services. This is total money. We're already doing over half a million um, in these sorts of services, and we want to grow that to just, just over a million. 
over the five years or so. Maybe another, maybe half or two. So two for sure uh, by the end of the first five five years. So you talked about bringing uh, uh, traditional uh, species seeds. So does that mean? Uh, Wild rice, I'll be able to go to a local grocery store and pick up a bag of wild rice or what? Uh, not quite. Um, we're really going to be focusing on upland species for rec reclamation this time around. But uh, I, I do like the wild rice. Yeah, I guess we don't want to mix oil with, with, with wild rice. Okay. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Okay. The the next guy is up. Uh, the next presentation up is Connecticut and the Three Creeks Power Project. So, 300 megawatts coming online. Are you playing with that? Thank you, Worship and Councillors, for allowing us to come here and uh, join your council meeting and talk about our project. here a few months ago on a different project that one unfortunately didn't move ahead and this one here yeah if we could just get your get you to state your names we yeah. have a, 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 a fantastic fan base on a podcast oh my goodness okay yeah my name is Edo Blackman I'm Vice President of Operations with Connecticut Resource Corp this is Joe Daniel he's our controller and he's currently controlling the slides so uh we uh were here a while back talking about the Peace River power project it was a 100 megawatt project this project here uh is kind of an offshoot of that uh, when we uh, were doing that particular project we noted that uh, Carmen Creek project was also being uh, shut down and we decided to purchase the Carmen Creek power assets in February 2017. Um, so our, we have just a brief presentation here that we're just going to talk about and uh, and we're just uh, going to talk about how this adds value to the community here. Uh, our, our basic our, what our concept is for the, for the project and uh, project overview and uh, where it's at today. So uh, what we look at here is that this project is uh, going to be repurposed into a much larger power plant that was uh, envisioned. Uh, currently there's a, there's a few, uh, there's two gas turbines on site on concrete blocks of the facility. So uh, we think this project here will bring um, quite a bit of employment opportunities to the region. Uh, and uh, contract opportunities for uh, for local local uh, companies, uh, and uh, and at the end when it's completed, uh, full time employment for over 20 to 20 odd people directly on the on the project site. We um, uh, think that'd be quite a bit of uh, local investments in the project, and uh, and uh, in uh, particularly in uh, hospitality and construction services hospitality in particular in the town of Peace River here because uh, we will we will have to house uh, three to four hundred personnel at the peak of construction on this project here um, 
we're intending to make use of local camps in the uh, Carmen Creek, Three Creeks area, and also the hospitality and, uh, and resources in the town of Peace River. Um, what this project is, it uh, was initially conceptualized as a simple cycle uh, co-generation plant to feed the uh, well Sands project for Shell Carmen Creek. When we purchased this power project, it was uh, it was uh, the standalone simple cycle uh, um, uh, project. It had two gas turbines already installed. All the equipment was on site, along with some steam steam generation equipment. And uh, we're going to repurpose this project into a 700 megawatt uh, combined cycle plant. Combined cycle power facilities. We will take the uh, natural gas into the into the gas turbines that are in place at this time, and the steam will be produced from the exhaust gases. We have a, a, a new heat recovery steam generator on the uh, tail end of the of the uh, gas uh, turbines to capture the energy and convert it into high pressure steam, which is both fuel and another steam turbine. So we'll have two 230 megawatt uh, steam turbine uh, gas turbines and one 230 megawatt steam turbine on site, and uh, and this will be. Uh, uh, sufficient to produce uh, approximately 700 megawatts uh, at a uh, winter peak. The uh, the project is as as you can see. It's uh, the one in the picture at the bottom there. That's a that's kind of a uh, the situation as that one of the gas turbines. The structural frame has been completed. The gas turbine is uh, is in the lower portion. The high bay is there as a result of the. Of Shell, when they were building this facility, they wanted to be able to uh, do service on the gas turbines uh, um, at the site rather than shipping them off down to Houston or something like that for service. So the high bay allows the gas turbines to be picked up on end and lifted vertically, and and, and have the service work being done. So we decided to keep those uh, keep those there. The uh, the project uh, we have all the necessary approvals for. For the uh, for the project uh, at this time, from the Alberta Utilities Commission, the Alberta Environment and Parks, and the and what we're applying for now, expectedly the next uh, four to six weeks, is to uh, is to amend the permit uh, with the improved design of the combined cycle and high efficiency uh, project. The province will require um, some electricity to operate uh, if, when it's not running. Uh, natural gas, of course, will come from the main line of the Nova gas pipeline system. And the water source for that boiler uh, make up water, which we expect to acquire from uh, from uh, local areas and local users already. Um, the location uh, you're probably very familiar with location. We have about 40 kilometers in northeast of the town here on the lands. We have about 12 hectares of land under our lease at the, the site, and uh, as such, given its proximity, we would uh, definitely be. Uh, we would expect some of our workers and full-time staff certainly to, to, to live here in this, in this here in our immediate location. This is just a general arrangement uh, of, our, of what we're looking at here. The two larger blocks are the gas turbines and heat recovery steam generators and directly to the top end of the north, that's where the steam facility would be going. On the left side of the screen, on my left side of the screen, um, that's where the uh, interconnection facilities are. On the south side is where there's office buildings and those types of things. This is a, a very large uh, facility, and uh, and uh, it's uh, quite uh, quite uh, nicely spaced out. 
this is a, basically a project rendering of the facility once it's complete. And, uh, and it's uh, the little stacks are about uh, 45 meters tall, to give an idea of how tall it is. And uh, the overall site that this site takes up is about, uh, is about six hectares of, uh, of occupied space on the, on, the, on the site. Our schedule on this project is that this year, as I mentioned before, we're doing a regulatory permitting, our amendment, which we expect to make an application to the AUC and Alberta Environment and Parks for the, for the, the reduced scope of the project. Um, at the same time, we're completing front-end engineering and design to add the steam turbine and the steam cycle to the, to the, to the, to the, to the gas turbines. And uh, we are uh, currently engaged in community engagement uh, in open houses with the local population and open house ongoing at this time at the, at the uh, Nova Chateau Motel. And we're also discussing our obligations and our, our engagement with the First Nations in the area. Um, once we have our regulatory approvals, which we expect towards the end of Q1 of 2019, uh, we expect to commence construction here sometime in the summer, early summer of 2019, hopefully in June or July, just after the breakup when it gets a little drier over here. And in service date, uh, will be first fire of the turbines, and it is sometime in 2021, and full service in 2022. So uh, what are we doing today? Like I mentioned previously, we're commencing uh, local and regional community engagement throughout. We're forward meeting with Sunrise, uh, Sunrise uh, Municipal County Office. Uh, we sent out notifications to all parties that are within about three kilometers of the project boundaries. Uh, we're working with our indigenous groups in the area. And uh, like I mentioned, an open house today, and we have to find others, other types of community engagements over the next uh, three to six months in the, in the town of East River. So that would uh, end it for my part of the presentation. If there's any questions, uh, feel free to uh, Byron, you can start off with one kind of Thanks. So in terms of megawatts, this project, how does it rate across the province for size, your top? This will be, uh, the second largest combined cycle project in Canada and Alberta. That's the largest one being the Shepherd project outside of uh, the city of Calgary with NDOX at 840 megawatts. Way we go. So, so you you need a supply of, of material to go in this. So who 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 are you buying? Is it Vatex and no. We're buying it off the Nova, I guess. You're buying it off the Nova, so you're not buying okay, so. Yeah, unfortunately, that, that flood gas project that we came here the very first time and ended up not going ahead for a variety of reasons. So, are you close to that pipeline then? Or? Yeah, we are. We're two and a half kilometers from the mainland. So, we'll be building a two and a half kilometer uh, large, large banner pipe. Oh, do you, you need to put that piece of Yeah, that's project. part of the project. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all I. Okay, Ms. Downing. I have a question, Chief. Nothing about carbon footprint. <laughs> reducing Alberta's carbon footprint or anything like that, huh? No, no I was leaving that one to you. Okay. If you're there. Um, you mentioned uh, water sources and you would be getting them from local users. Can you expand on what 
that kind of means? Yeah, so there, in the area, there's a, um, uh, there's two users in the area of water, one of them CNRL, with their uh, East River project there, where they, where they take water from the piece. And then uh, there's also Sunrise County that takes water from the piece as well. So um, our objective there is to uh, work with CNRL if it's possible to use and produce water that they currently dispose of as part of our water. And is that a regula regulation type thing? Do you have to get any special permissions or you can just say the no, NRL can do Our understanding is we don't have to do anything because that water is in the space being disposed of. So kind of a win-win, I, uh, I think the idea is that it'd be better to recycle the water than to dispose of it. So from Northern Sunrise, is it? I don't know what the situation is with there, with, 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 with the Northern Sunrise. Uh, so we have to talk with them when we talk with them to talk about that. So um, you, you mentioned this has been the second largest combined cycle facility in Alberta. So, um, so are you, are you anticipating, is your market to, uh, to address the um, the coal plants that are supposed to be coming offline? Well, we see that the uh, the marketplace in Alberta and with the renewable energy uh, uh, projects being 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 put in here and the renewable and that and that creates a kind of a demand on onto itself because the renewable energy uh, projects they don't they don't they don't produce megawatts more than thirty five percent of the time. And, uh, and there's growth in the province, and then there's the retirement of the coal plants, which would happen naturally over the next five or six years anyway, so most of them are coming off. And uh, when you look at that, the retirement of the coal plants with the renewable energy coming in and providing, and we're having a large swings in the power grid, and then there's about a one to 2% growth in the market here, just uh, in Alberta. There's about a 10,000 megawatt growth, growth opportunity in the province here right now between the next 10 years. And this project here would address would, would address part of that growth opportunity. So is that growth opportunity here in northwestern Alberta, or is that just Alberta? It's Alberta. And this is a bit off topic, but I think it was you, uh, you know, that you last time you were here, which I thought was actually two years ago or something. You mentioned that. Uh, flare stacks. You weren't very. They they weren't very effective. Or maybe it was one of your colleagues that said that. Well, flare stacks. Um, you know that was a really sad outcome of that project. Although we still own it, and it's still there, ready to be deployed. Should there be any any um, incentive for flaring, putting flare gas through a gas turbine, which effectively incinerates it 100 percent. But yes, the flares are not. Um, generally speaking, um, they do not incinerate everything as the gas turbine does, simply because the gas turbine gets a very, very high temperature, much, much higher than a flare can ever get to, unless they pull a lot of air into it, pressurize it at the same time. So uh, we're not, we're, we're not, we're not fans of flares. Let's put it that way. But uh, that that project uh, didn't get traction, I guess, with the. Uh, Reduction in the price of oil and that sort of thing. Yeah, that was a, that was kind of a, uh, there was a number of issues that, that, that uh, ended up in that, in that on that project. Primarily, the marketplace uh, 
at the same time where financing the market, the project, the market, the car marketplace kind of crashed on us. So that kind of pretty difficult. Great. So uh, um, media is, is off on that side table, and if Joanne McQuarrie needs to get a hold of you, yep. um, I guess you'll just give her a card. Oh, you got cards already. Yep. Step ahead. Yeah. We don't have any particular ask of the, of the town of Peace River other than if you, if you happen, if you happen to ask for a letter of support, we would be certainly welcome that as we go through our process here. And uh, and then uh, and if you don't mind, uh, we may have lots of traffic through here somewhere in 2019. Spending money in our town, what a what a, what a terrible thing. The more traffic, the better, and we'll have a second bridge ready for you. I noticed that. I was thinking that's a that's a that's a heck of a deal. <laughs> yeah, and we are, we're going to bring in some pretty heavy pieces of equipment. Although you won't actually need to trust it very well. Um, it depends on which way we come in from. Yeah. yeah. Coming from the west, we'll be crossing the river here. Coming from the east, we'll go the other way. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. Expecting a presentation from speaking of bridges from Alberta Transportation. But I don't see them here. Did you give them uh, like the 23rd? No. <laughs> no, sir. All of the emails have the same time. Okay. So, what we'll do is if they show up, we'll. Uh, We'll go back to uh, the presentations, but for the time being, we'll uh, step into the rest of the agenda. Oh, is that kerfuffle about this part? <laughs> Oh, do we have a Centennial Committee? We do. Are they all here? Are you on the agenda? Yes. Later on. Okay. Sure. Okay, we'll do the Centennial Committee. Thank you so much for having us. Um, my name is Robin. This is Audrey, and we are representing the Centennial Committee for the Town. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering why Audrey was showing up for the, the genetic core and the portals. I have many skills and backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Many hats. And I thought Robin was Amanda Shoemaker. Okay. Great. <laughs> We're both very excited actually to be on the Centennial Committee. Great. Looking forward to talking to you about um, So as you guys may have heard, uh, the Peace River Centennial Committee is um, a group of us, about a dozen of us, some of us who work for the town. Um, and what we are doing is organizing events to celebrate Peace River 100th year anniversary. So um, I guess We've been meeting a couple times over the summer, 
Uh, we meet quite frequently every couple weeks. Um, we develop subcommittees now for a variety of little projects. So what we will be doing is creating a year of fun. Um, we prioritize the projects based on the budget we will be given. Or we have a grant, but the grant doesn't cover the entire allotment for what is required, which is why we're here. Um, but I will go over a little bit of what we are planning. So um, just kind of point form. Uh, we're creating a centennial to toolkit, so that would mean, um, actually that's a really awful one to start out on, I'm so sorry. Let's start on with uh, opening ceremony. So January 12th, everything kickstarts. We're having a little play um, at, at Bethel Hall, followed by a tea party. We're gonna be inviting, um, of course, open to the public, and then hopefully we get some kind of fun events, a little tea party. Um, we're going to be doing things throughout the year, um, celebrating with um, uh, like a concert in the park. We'll be having things like um, like a time capsule. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel I don't know if I should address every single one of these things. We'll be doing things like a time capsule. We'll be having public art, um, then and now photos throughout the town. Um, we're going to be making these big picture frames so that we can have photo opportunities to celebrate the centennial year at, you know, things like the concert at the park, things like the ceremonies. We will, we're planning on planting um, centennial trees throughout the park, so this will be kind of um, beautification throughout the town. Um, and we'll be doing heritage themed events, so like the Toastmasters hopefully gets people like that involved and talk about the successes throughout the town throughout the 100 years that we've been. Um, in a year from now, um, in December, we will close with closing ceremonies. And closing ceremonies will be um, at the end of the centennial year at the Bay Tech Energy Center. We'll be having different things like a, a public skate, um, ceiling of the time capsule, maybe a free swim. We're looking into things like that so that the town can celebrate 100 years of being a town. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited. So I believe, I didn't want to read this all out. I believe you guys have copies of this. So you can, I, you guys can look at it. Um, we applied for a grant. And um, this is through the Arts and Heritage, this is the Arts Heritage, uh, the Art, Arts and Heritage Grant, um, and that came to um, over $36,000. And this was um, wonderful uh, for events being planned by the Centennial Committee. However, unfortunately, um, our project expenses are estimated in the range of ninety dollars to $100,000. So it's well beyond um, our grant revenue. So we're gonna be refining our budget, uh, prioritizing our budget. Um, as you can see, the projects that are unlisted with your handout, some of them have different costs than others, and we're really working with that, and we know that we have some really realistic quotes. Um, we've got some good people on it. So, yeah, so we're kind of just asking to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I guess the details will be provided to you during your budget deliberation, so we're not, we don't have a specific ask today. We just wanted to highlight the kinds of things we've been working on, and we'll look forward to seeing how much 
Council would like to add to the ground funding that we have so that we can then start finalizing what we're working on. But definitely put January the 12th, the afternoon in your calendar, because we'll have our opening kickoff then, and we'll be announcing what's happening for the rest of the year now. Okay. okay. Um, uh, so January 12th, uh, why January 12th? Saturday or something, or what? Yeah, that's one of them. We well, we wanted to start the year. The actual um, anniversary for the town signing um, as a becoming a town was December first. Um, so we the actual anniversary is at the end of the year, but we're using the entire year as our celebration year. And we looked at other events that are happening and chose that date as, as a good one to kick off. So, um, are we doing anything in the summer specifically? Um, yes. We're going to try focusing on, on December first. Uh, well, of course, our opening and closing ceremonies will be falling in the winter because that's just the nature of seasons. But I think a lot of the things, such as the concert in the park, will be over the summer, and I think that's when we'll get a lot of the outdoor uh, participation. Also with the toolkit that um, that we're creating, we're hoping other organizations will try and incorporate um, the 100th anniversary into their events so that we'll have celebrations that way everywhere. And so um, Robin had mentioned the, the big picture frame and we'll pass that along together with things like, like tattoos and stickers so that people can use those at their events. So hopefully we'll get them fun and activities during the whole event. Um, so what, um, what about fireworks? <laughs> I'm giving you some extra fireworks. No, we, we haven't planned any additional fireworks, um, yet. Okay. Great. Um, so, uh, Elaine, why don't you start out the question? Oh, I think the community. I think the committee is doing a wonderful job, and we should just approve whatever they uh, come up with. <laughs> Thank you, Elaine. <laughs> so, ladies on the committee is Joanna Downing on the committee. Uh, as as it happens, I am on the committee as well, Your Worship. Um, and I really wanted to capitalize on how Robin started off with. We're looking for this to be a year of fun. So part of our committee's work has been trying to develop some projects and some ideas, but the other part of it is, is to really engage the community in finding ways to participate. You know, um, we already know places like the library and the museum are gonna get on board, but we want some of the other places to get on board. Our schools, um, the chamber is getting on board. They're doing their centennial celebration at the Davis Awards and then again at the trade show. Um, we're looking to do uh, a flower theme so that you know all our town flowers look the same. Ideally, encouraging all our community members to plant those color flowers. So things that we can do that that you know don't have dollar price really dollar figure attached to them, but are about engaging. So that's those are the things that Robin was capitalizing on. So are we having a homecoming weekend? That is an interesting thing. I don't even think we talked about that, did we? If only you had been on the committee. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
Can't you read my mind? <laughs> We're working on it. Um, the December 1st event will capture sort of that homecoming idea because it will be the re-signing of the incorporation document. So it'll be a very large, large event at the multiplex. And more to come because that's just the very beginning planning for that event. But are Inviting we, all the past mayors. Are we actually going to get a lot of people in the middle of winter? Well, our forefathers signed this document December 1st. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our foreparents or whatever you call them, forefathers or foremothers weren't for thinking of this. The idea also is to kind of communicate and advertise all these events, so perhaps your idea could be inviting them to all the concerts or whatever. So are we having an air show this this year? I've, I've heard that they are discussing air show. Peace Fest is also discussing a two thumbs up event in their event coming back in July. So there and boat races, I believe it's the world's this year. Yeah, they're hosting the worlds this yeah. year, so their event is on the third weekend in July. Yeah. And I can tell you that the group that I'm with is also wanting to collaborate with uh, their weekend, so they might move Peace Fest from the second weekend to the third weekend in July this coming year. We need to know that. Yeah. Yeah, we've got that on our calendar already. Yeah. Well, Mr. Town, are you part of the airport committee or? Must be all covered in succinctly the air show is to be determined. Well, succinctly, I'm, I'm not looking for succinct. I'm the snowbirds. For, can you get the snowbirds or not? If you can't, there's no air show. If you can, there is. That, well, that's it, right? Let's get like the snowbirds. Well, we didn't have the snowbirds last time we had an air show. Okay. Any, uh, Colin? Good. Good, good luck. It also is the 100th anniversary of the First Baptist Church in the exact same year, so maybe you guys could do a joint something, dueling hundreds, some banjos, it'll be amazing. So, um, Byron, that's actually what, um, what Joanna was kind of talking about when it came to community participation, and one of the things that I kind of only touched on is the centennial, Audrey kind of elaborated a bit. If we hand these out to different organizations like the Curling Club or the Scottish Society or the swim teams or whatever, they can incorporate that into their events that they're already doing. So it kind of gives a boost to their event through that year, right? So, uh, yeah, so stuff like that is wonderful because it kind of just coincides, right? Because it's a year long celebration. And I also just wanted to say, I know we were joking about the fact that it's winter and it's all this stuff, but that's part of the beauty of this. Because in the summer you have stuff going on and you need a little oasis of fun. This is right before Christmas parties and right after the snowfall. So it's in that little pocket of let's have a party. And that's why the closing ceremonies and the opening ceremonies even are so, you know, awesomely timed. Yeah, I can, I can see you're a half full kind of gal. <laughs> why they picked you to be the leader of this committee. Good show. Martin. I will definitely talk with uh, Deputy Mayor Manager and Johanna and uh, our, I'm almost certain 
that our group will jump on board with this, but uh, probably get you guys to come and present at one of their board meetings as well. So the other thing that the committee really needs from the council is to not only promote that next year's our centennial year, but if you know of an event that's going on, get them in contact with either myself or uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer and, and so that we can, and, and or the chairs, but I mean just as council, this is probably the easiest connection, so that we can pass the information on to the chairs. We do want to get their, their events on our event calendar. We do want people to see this, our, our community see this as a year-long celebration. So Byron, this is a perfect opportunity for us to add that to our calendar and sort of check in with the Baptist Church and find out if they're doing a summer concert, we want to make sure that our concert in the park isn't in conflict. So good information. Now I'll uh, turn to Autumn and Tanya Bell. So are we going to do an overlay of the town of Peace River with air photos from whenever they started taking air photos and laying them one on top of the other? Put that on the web. That's the new one. New project idea. Well, the benefit of that is that when we have developers and they come in and they need to do a wetlands study, now they just need to go to the web the website and they can see, okay, that used to be a wetlands area or not a wetlands area. At the very least, we're discussing an idea that would involve changing the. Mapping project that would involve different map layers showing the expansion of the town borders over the century we've been here. Right, so, layer one would be where we were at 1919 and so on and so forth. We don't have all that data available immediately, so there's some digging that's taking place. Okay, so that's the same. Okay. Similar, well, different. Not quite aerophotography. Yes. Uh, boundary maps more than aerophotography. But if we could supplement that with aerial photos, that would be one of the most interesting. Now I know why you have me to do all that common stuff down in the south end. Um, and we do have, um, we do have lots of assistance um, from members of the museum, so they are helping us with some of those historic photos. So we don't have that information for you right now, but we know we have lots of good information. I don't know about aerial photos. I don't know, you know. Well, the, but, the Alberta government will have the aerial mm -hmm. photos. But we've talked a lot. We spend a lot of time talking about the before and after photos of yeah. things. Just like, you know. Yeah, like they have in Ottawa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. your, your committee member, Al Benson, will be a great source for that stuff. He'll, okay. he'll know where to find all that stuff in government archives, so make sure you pigeonhole him. And Robin Barnes. And Robin Barnes. Great. Anything else? Just money. <laughs> money eventually. Oh, you could ask Rotary House for some money. <laughs> is the mayor going to declare a, a holiday? I mean, the power of the gavel over there, you, you can do as much. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave that alone for now. Um, I love where you're going with that, Colin. I just, before we say anything more, I just, it falls on a Sunday, doesn't it? The, yeah. the first. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry I didn't bring that up, and it was something I thought about saying. It does fall on a Sunday. And the 12th of uh, January is actually a Saturday. So that's a blessing in itself because we'll have the day off anyways to party, but we don't know if um, 
sorry to celebrate, but we don't know if, um, like, if we have a day off, that's probably not right. Uh, that was a bit of a t tongue in cheek, Robin. I guess there's a the small business, I mean, it is a cost to small business. I mean, and, and of course, you could see that depending on what happens, but I mean, yes, the town could actually declare a holiday, but uh, then there'd be all kinds of costs on the small business owners and employers. And, uh, Maybe there's another way to tackle the problem without looking at the costs. Maybe it's just a symbolic uh, gesture on our part. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any bylaws to pass, Mr. Parker? No bylaws, you work so you have a RFD for the Peace Regional Rec Center project budget. That is correct, George. Good evening, your worship and council. The was discussed a number of weeks ago, we wanted to give you another financial update for the East Recreation uh, Center project. And at the same time, just kind of looking at where we are in the budget cycle and what we've got left to do. Uh, you uh, anticipate that uh, we will need to increase the project construction budget. Uh, so we wanted to kind of present, you know, a bit of a case for why that uh, budget will need to increase and uh, but also just to recap with council of how we got to this point as well so as you know we started the, the rec center project uh, back in 2015 where uh, meeting with our various municipal partners uh, we talked at that time uh, an overall project budget of 25 million and 18.5 million in other soft costs uh, once the soft costs were removed. So the, the actual figure that we discussed with the regional partners for the building construction at that point was 18.5 million. So based on that 18.5 million, uh, our regional municipality partners committed uh, the funding that we discussed previously, which was 8 million by the town of East River, uh, 6 million by County Northern, Sun Northern Sunrise County, 100,000 for the NDA piece. And then in 2016, after budget, budget deliberations, County Northern Lights uh, committed 2.0 million uh, in funding for that project. As a result of that, uh, the, our commitment rose from the $8 million to $10.4 million for building construction in addition to $6.5 million for architectural engineering and other soft costs, which included the de demolition of the existing building. So in terms of percentages, uh, the funding allocations at that point were Town of Peace River was funding 56.2% of the overall project. Northern Sunrise County was at 32.4%. MDAPs at 0.54% and County and Northern Lights at 10.8%. So in 2017, as uh, you know, we kind of finalized our facility program at that point, being 900-seat arena and 300-seat field house. And at that time, we, tend, we uh, shared with council that the pre-tender estimate 
was around 24 million. And that 24 million uh, was an all-in cost. So that was the building construction cost, uh, including the contingency as we allocated at that point. And then uh, and that was uh, provided by our architect uh, BR2. So the current $25.876 million budget allocated in prior years, and which is actually within the five-year capital plan that we presented last year, uh, can be illustrated in the construction stock cost uh, on the next page, where we're showing 777000 in consulting fees, geotechnical fees, and additional survey that was required. In terms of the actual building itself, uh, the current uh, construction budget was, uh, we went to do the award to Marshall Lee, was 20.99 million uh, for the actual construction uh, project and then a million dollars for the demolition portion of that contract. So that was the, the contract award was for that 21.99 million. So with that understanding, we still had uh, within the original contract with their consultant, uh, we had the remaining pre-tender architectural and engineering fees of 247000 and then the fees for construction administration uh, by the consultant uh, architect and engineers of 247000 and 58000 in disbursements, uh, 10000 in permits, uh, material testing was 240000 and the traffic assessment study, which we had to complete, was 13,000. And then at that point, to kind of manage the budget where we were, uh, kind of uh, put the project contingency at 1.4 million, which at that point was 6.2% of the construction budget. Of the above, uh, 1.4 million has been expended out of the 1.417 contingency amount for the required change orders uh, to date. And uh, I think we are at 1.385 uh, million in the last change order uh, summary that I presented to you two months ago. So uh, since then, we've had a couple other change orders come up. And with that, uh, we're at, sitting at 1.392 uh, 802 in approved change orders and we haven't approved uh, the next series of change orders at this point and being an additional brick supporting angle uh, required within the construction and in, in, uh, in electrical connections for the solar shades in the rec center which is a $14,900 change so the total change orders that uh, happened to be approved today are 42,762. So which is, uh, at that point, we said, oh, we kind of approach council and kind of have another look at where our contingency amount is uh, for any remaining change orders. Now having said that, our administration and our architect uh, believe that we're through the bulk of our change orders and we shouldn't have that many large change orders uh, coming forward. Uh, part of the other part of the budget is also, as we discussed, with soft costs. 
and these soft costs, you know, we've kind of uh, shared those with council previously. Uh, and those soft costs were total just a little over one million and a hundred thousand dollars contingency for the project budget contingent for the soft cost portion being one point one million dollars. So in summary, our anticipated cost of date are uh, pre-construction costs of seven hundred and seventy seven thousand. Uh, the building construction amount of 22805, the current building construction contingency amount expended of 1.392 uh, million, the anticipated project soft cost contingency and anticipated project soft cost a million and a hundred thousand respectively. And the changes uh, to date not processed is 42,000. So the total project amount is uh, 26,141,330. So uh, to date, we've received approvals and project funding based on the town piece of her commitments and those were showing in the 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019 capital budgets which were included as part of the five-year capital plan last year. So it's, uh, and then our commitment from our partners in Northern Sunrise County is six million in their 2016 and 2017 capital budgets. The commitment by the County of Northern Lights of two million uh, in their 2016 capital budget. And then the uh, 100,000 from the MPPs in their 2016 uh, capital budget. So the total budget shortfall to date, as we stand today, is $265,180. So currently, the funding shortfall to date has been funded under the soft cost uh, budget, uh, but we know those soft costs will be coming in the new year. So you uh, need to look at those uh, and how we're gonna fund those in 2019. So before processing further changes to the project, we request council to approve an increase in project budget. <coughs> so looking at kind of a little deeper into the financial implications. So originally uh, we tried to manage uh, our contingency within this project to keep our project costs down and trying to keep that contingency down to about 6.2% of the project construction costs. So what we're looking at is if a logic contingency amount is reinstated to a more traditional 10%, which would be uh, more uh, appropriate for the size of the project, it would be sufficient to cover the remaining changes, including any post-construction changes that may be required. And, uh, and this is after a review with our project architect and engineering team. Uh, I'm looking at that. Maybe feeling fairly confident that you know, include the bulk of the construction changes so uh, if we had that uh, project uh, budget increase to the 10% contingency that should be more than sufficient to accomplish what we need to accomplish. So with the above uh, project shop shortfall uh, that we mentioned 265,000 that leaves about 597,000 for any remaining change orders. So the option is to increase the project budget by $862,918 uh, 
for an improved overall approach budget of $26,473,888. And we would also uh, request that staff uh, to report back on funding options to cover the project increase. So disadvantages, obviously, increases the project budget by that $862,000. Uh, financial implications, so increases the contingency amount of 1.417 million to 2.009 million. Of this amount, 1.392 million has been expended along with other costs in prior years, leaving 615,640 uh, actually that's in the area that should be the 597,000. That uh, figure is the 597000 as stated above. Uh, option two is deferred the decision uh, to be included in the 2019 budget del deliberations. So this would allow council to consider this request as part of the overall 2019 budget deliberations. And so the disadvantages is required that funding allocated for soft costs be reassigned to cover the change order costs. Some equipment uh, like AV security FFME may not be available until 2020 unless considered for funding in the 2019 budget. Some of the financial implications of that, no financial implications in 2018, but we'll have to reassess, reassess funding allocations in the 2019 budget. And option number three is do not approve the construction budget increase and that would maintain the current allocated budget, but uh, we would have to revisit the soft cost allocations and delay equipment purchases. Financial implications with option number three is uh, there wouldn't be any funding implications in 2018, but there again, we'd have to reassess funding allocations in the 2019 budget. So our recommendation, uh, our administration's recommendation is that council increase the project budget by the 862918 for an improved overall project budget of $26,473,888 with staff to report back on funding options to cover the project increase. I know that's a lot to digest and uh, if you have any questions, but I did want to paint you kind of a roadmap of where we've been, where we are, and where we're going to. Okay, we'll start off with Ms. Downing. Back towards me. Thank you, Your Worship. Uh, this, this is a very thorough, you've laid this out very thoroughly, Jane. Um, so, from what I understand was our original budget was created around the 2015 discussion. Is, so is that a common way for projects to be determined? Because now we're looking at a difference of almost around five million. Five yeah. million. So I, I guess the context there is, uh, you know, normally when we look at our project budgets overall, we look at uh, a pre-construction budget, and then base that, and then go and kind of uh, revisit that once we have the, our tender prices in. But once we have the tender price, it should be a lot different. Uh, the major point in here is, is considering all those other costs, the soft costs and demolition costs that we also have to consider. Uh, so context here is when uh, 
where we sat down with our municipal partners. Uh, we never went back and had the second discussion after we had reconstruction and the approved program done. We didn't have that second discussion with our municipal partners in uh, readjusting the funding allocations at that point. So it looks like the contingency was at 6.2 percent. Most projects are at 10 percent, so we tried to lower that a little while in the earlier month. All right, thank you. And having said that, I'd still be managing the project aggressively to try to keep that contingency expenditure down. So I see one of the other kind of things that doubled, I guess. Um, the demolition of the existing arena went from 500,000 to um, a million. That's correct. So, um, and that's still to come, and who knows? We hope it's a million now. That's contracted. That, that, that is a contracted amount. There can't be any little, oh gee, there's more of this in it, so it costs more. It's, uh, within that, we're also. Um, within soft costs, we're looking at uh, uh, abatement, asbestos abatement assessment, and the actual abatement itself is within the soft costs. So those are kind of the unknowns the contractor would be wanting to be that he's not responsible for those, those unknowns. So he's committed to that $1 million. So there could be more costs than the $1 million if those sorts of things come up? No. So I would, well, we would have to fund those out of our contingency in the soft costs, but not in the contingency in uh, the project construction. So what's the contingency in the soft costs? 100,000. Okay. Um, and I guess, um, well, if there's, if money is suddenly cut off at the 6.2% and, um, uh, well, let's stick with the 6.2% contingency, it means things like there's no blinds to blind the well, sunlight. Things like your, you probably revisit the things like playground equipment and uh, any of the extras that we're putting in. Uh, things like that, probably look at uh, taking out the AV portion, the security portion, we probably have to put in just to secure our building. But things like AV, you know, we, we have to wait for another funding year. Which we, then makes some things in the building kind of hard to do and very iffy in terms of quality, right? Yeah. Just to note also, we didn't um, highlight this in the report because it is an unknown. We have applied for 1.4 million uh, project costs of the uncommitted uh, project components, the FFME, the asbestos statement, some of the, anything that we could apply to the federal government on, on this project. But at this point, we don't have any notice and we're not anticipating any response until approximately December, I believe. And I'm looking at Ms. McQuaid. When I spoke to them last week, they said not before Christmas. Yeah. So there is some potential, but again, it's unknown and we have um, invoices that need to be addressed now. So we can't wait for what happens with the grant per se. So, Okay, and with respect to that, then, with respect to this grant, um, if we spend money now, but we're applying under the grant, it's not one of those ones where too bad you spent it, so you can't get the grant. The grant was contingent on 
contracts not being awarded. So the minute that we award any contracts, say for the security, we lose access to the funds. Okay. Having said that, well, that's why we we're looking at funding these changes under that soft cost budget because we can we've got funding allocated for that, but we're not we're not committing to those costs yet because we haven't purchased the security maybe, so we could slide off those purchases and still be allocated to that. Because sometimes numbers confuse me. Um, the way I'm reading this, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I certainly could be, we're looking at roughly 0.9 million, 0.8, 0.9 million additional this year compared to what we were looking at. And well, this year and next year. Sorry? This year and next year. And an additional 1.12. So we're looking at roughly $2 million over and above where we were sitting or what we thought we were sitting at the beginning of, at some point in time because you're looking at soft cost division which is 1.12 yeah. that was already allocated that was allocated in a budget report yeah okay that's so it's just the 892,000 sorry it's just the 800 so the 1.122 that's coming up that's going to be included in the 2019 budget that's already included it's already that's already, already in the so we're, we're talking point nine, point eight, point nine million dollars right? mm -hmm. That's what I was confused. Thank you. Support. Nope, it's all very clear. Well, it's always a, a difficult discussion and not the news that we all wanted. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not in favor of, of uh, an incomplete project. So whatever we can do to make sure this thing gets done, uh, and I see that in your recommendation. Uh, certainly uh, the spread from the 18.5 number to the 26 now, and obviously uh, a time to go and talk to our neighbors, and that's obviously part of the strategy. Uh, just when you were speaking, Jim, I, one of the things you did mention, I think, is in terms of uh, this $42,000 there of change orders we haven't signed off on yet. Uh, but the other point, I think I made this earlier, was that we did ask the contractor to go back to EGS and others, and I, we had a verbal commitment that uh, <clears throat> they didn't foresee any more change orders. So having said that 42 is the end of the line, uh, I, I guess we'll see, but the promises made by the contractors were that they are pretty confident they could hold the line. So the, the 862 number still has the 10% contingency number in it, so that brings us back. That would bring us from that 6.2 to a full 10. Back up to the 10. Okay. And just uh, on sponsorship, um, so there is an opportunity for some money. I don't expect a windfall, but there is a sponsorship package out now. We've got silver, bronze, um, so we've got opportunities for residents to contribute. Uh, industry players to contribute, so yeah, and that we'll be pursuing that as well, um, right. as well. But just a note on that component: it typically will be going towards your operational. So your naming rights is an annual contribution. Uh, so Baytex Energy Centers contribution annually um, offsets your operational costs also. So not necessarily a direct to the capital, but the donations component would could directly to the 
Mr. Clark, you're looking for a decision today? We're hoping that uh, we can move forward, that uh, we could wait until uh, next council meeting. Council wants to take it over to GMP and have more of an in-depth discussion. Does someone want to make a motion now? Your Worship, uh, I would put a motion on that floor that council increased the project budget by uh, $862,918 for an approved overall budget. Project budget of $24,473,888 uh, with the proviso that staff report back on the funding options to cover the uh, project increase. So was that 24 or 26? 20, 26473 right? Okay. Well, correction made in the record. Question. Yeah. Any ideas on uh, where some of this money could be found yet, as far as funding options? Uh, well, we do always have a, a worst case, and maybe I can uh, get the director time to kind of weigh in and so over as well. So you'll notice we did not discuss funding um, as part of the recommendation yet. We recognize that uh, we still need to do a bit of work on that. Just so council is aware, the increase in the uh, project budget, the overall budget, um, over a 20-year dimension would be about 60000 a year. That is an option. Um, but as Councillor Nita mentioned, this could be an opportunity to go and discuss with other parties or um, other levels of government on, on the availability of funds. So we're kind of punting the um, funding portion down the road a little bit. We wanted to secure the full project um, approval so we are able to spend uh, the funds and continue the project without delays and we'll we'll figure out the funding over the next um, month or two. Okay, let's go for a vote. All in favor? Thank you. Thank you all. Okay, the Canadian Alberta Transportation is here. Is that correct? Or well, Flatiron and Hayton. Great. Yeah, there's a couple of them. So. Great. Hi. Okay. You're from Hayton or Flatiron or? Uh, I'm from AT. So my name is Tyler Wilson. I'm the uh, bridge manager for the region here. Oh, okay. Sorry, I get your button here. There we go. You're Tyler Wilson? Tyler Wilson, yeah. And so with me here is Shane, Shane McCarthy and Rick McComer. They're the project and construction managers for the joint venture construction bridge. And as well, we have Alan Saunders, who is a former bridge manager here for Alberta Transportation. Uh, only now he's helping uh, administer the job on behalf of the design. Okay. So, uh, I think today we just wanted to go over, I guess, give you a general status update on the project. If you're surprised, I can drive by it every day. But it's good to see, I guess, uh, some things that we're working on. As well, we want to have a discussion with you, I guess, about future plans and how well we're supporting the community. Right. And you want an in camera session on a study, right? Yeah, just at the end. Uh, we're just going over, I guess, uh, future plans and uh, some of the plans. We just want to keep you guys apprised of what we're looking at as we progress up the winter. Uh, just to make sure you guys are aware of, I guess, some of our challenges and then some of the items that we're doing to mitigate those risks with those challenges. Okay, great. Well, we'll, uh, we'll do the 
the public part in the next 15 minutes, and then we'll uh, transition it to uh, in-camera. Sure, sure. So I guess as a, as a general status update uh, on the project. Yeah, well, uh, for, you, I'm sure you all your folks have driven across the bridge a time or two in the last, uh, last year. Uh, the project's uh, coming along really fine from our standpoint. Uh, we're, we're achieving the goals that we've set for, for the most part. We've had a few challenges. High water here recently was one, and uh, a few, a few uh, other minor challenges in the project, but uh, the project's coming along uh, very nicely in our opinion. Uh, it, I think once before in this uh, venue we've talked about what our goals are. Uh, the, as a contractor, the, we have until 2020 to complete the complete the work. But our goal all along has been to co complete the lion's share of the work in by the end of by 2019. So uh, this time next year. Uh, it, 2019 we we intend to have the lion's share of the work done the reason for for that naturally for us uh, complete and early is always beneficial but uh, for the traveling public and the folks within the town the disruption that we have we're not carrying into three years where the disruption to the public is on the in the on the city streets and such pretty well ends in uh, 2000, 2019. And so predominantly that is still our, our goal that we, that we uh, wanna achieve and that's uh, basically good for everybody, everybody here, good for us as a contractor and naturally good for the folks that live, live here in town. So, so that in a, in a nutshell is kind of where we're at and where we intend to we intend to go. The work in the river is coming along, coming along nicely. Again, we've had some a few uh, few uh, occurrences, uh, methane gas and such things that we somewhat uh, surprising, but we've we've lived through them and uh, put some of those issues behind us. Um, we're, it is our intention, the 684 uh, bridge, to get that detour open this year. So putting traffic on 684, you can see the new the new half of the bridge that we're building uh, looks right down, uh, pending the weather holding and such that we'll, we'll be able to change that traffic over to that side, which enables us to complete the 684 work next year. So that bridge will be uh, complete in its entirety. Um, can I interrupt? 684, can you just? The Shafts Ferry. <laughs> so um, the detour that we're currently putting in place, I know everybody's had uh, uh, shown interest in the detour. The detour that we're uh, bootlegging around uh, 98th Street, uh, getting having that detour in place will allow us to complete that bridge in its entirely entirety this next year so uh we'll as soon as we start the detour shortly after we put the detour in place we'll start demolition of the 98th street bridge 
and we'll work through that portion of the work of this this winter the demolition and some of the foundation work and then in earnest we'll start uh, we'll start the uh, construction of the new bridge uh, early this upcoming spring so uh, again we're we're so far achieving the goals that we needed to need to achieve any questions Questions. If I'd known I was going to be so incredibly fascinated by it, I would have had you guys put up a camera so that you could sort of post like a weekly update or something like that because it's all I can do to sort of stay between the lines as I'm trying to see the, the next progression. So glad that you stay between. Yeah, so, so, so is my husband. Um, and uh, but I am obviously curious about the the change in. In, in traffic patterns, and, and certainly people are asking me about that, so I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, I, well, I think that the change in the traffic patterns uh, is, I think for the most part, it's gonna be very seamless. You know, all we're doing is detouring around uh, around the existing bridge. The detour that's been designed and constructed uh, right now looks, looks pretty good. It, it looks like it's, uh, the traffic will flow through there nicely, so that's uh, that's good news. And we can send some more pictures. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so at the end of the project, when the brand new bridge is there, we're all looking at it. Um, how long will it be between us looking at it and us really being able to drive on it? You know, I'm sure you're going to do some tests of some sort. Well, no, we don't. Uh, I don't know we'll test it by driving a car across. <laughs> okay. It'll be him in the car. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the bridge works. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, we'll open the bridge. Shane, what is our actual date right now? Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll be pushing through till probably uh, October, November, 2020. So the substructure, you'll see the, the final pier in the river is due to be built next summer. And then mid-summer of 2019, we'll, we'll launch the girders on the east side of the bridge. So it's not, we're not conventionally erecting them. We're going to erect them on the, you can see the embankment on the north side of, on the east side of the bridge, on the north side of the existing highway. We've got a, a, an embankment constructed there. We'll erect all the girders on, on that embankment and we'll, we'll push them out on. So that'll, open, that'll happen through the winter of 1920. And then we'll be pulling, decks, pulling the deck early summer 2020 with the intent of waterproof and paving September, October, November 2020. Okay, and one last question. The, the last pier, um, is the plan still to come from the west side or is that? that yeah. That's correct. Okay, good, thank you. Yeah. And just with the, uh, the upcoming construction and the detours, what is your expectation with uh, uh, traffic flow and, and speed limits? Because right now it's 80 coming one way and 50k going that was like we're talking on the west side what's going to happen with the east side or are we going to make that all 50 zone or what's happening there you know that's a good question uh right now we're planning on keeping it 50 going eastbound throughout the detour i guess the exact start and stop limits of that hasn't been ascertained yet i don't know if having a transition mid-bridge makes no sense that would just be a, a odd stopping point so we might make it either a say 200 meters in front of the detour start other people to slow down or we have it on the complete west side before we cross the river so 
But now it's, uh, just, I guess, my experience, I guess, coming to the infrastructure side here. Um, if you have odd speed changes, it just confuses people and people with a little flow of traffic. So we're trying to come up with reasonable locations so that it's steady all the time. So we'll, we'll look at that. But most likely it'll be 50 from what I can see. We're trying to keep it as short as possible. So we'll just be looking into it and then go up the hill. And that, that would be same coming coming down the east hill coming into town? Uh, no, during winter that'll be back to 80. So the only reason it was kept at 50 for this year was simply because we had those haul trucks coming out of that oil pit at the top. Um, we were worried because they were coming out slow with traffic coming down the hill at you know, 80 to 100. Uh, it, was just, it was a recipe for disaster, so we shut the whole thing down to 50 just as a risk mitigation measure. But we won't be hauling it all over winter, so that'll be back up through proper travel. Yeah, sorry, that's what you know? Okay, so yeah, so it, by the time by the time you come down the east hill, yep. you'll be you'll like before you hit that first bridge, you'll be slow slow down to fifty until you Correct. actually yep. exit the uh, the construction on the west hill. That's correct. So that's going to be fifty both ways. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple of quick. I'm uh, just curious on the the east hill, the the dirt work. Are, are you are you done? Are you are you still on more dirt? No, we're we're done for the season. You you done for this year? Yeah. Okay. And just uh, a final question. So I asked a town engineer, Jim, and my council has heard me complain all the time about. Uh, I think my open comment is, yeah, it's a construction site call, so be quiet. And uh, thanks for bringing in a street cleaner. Yeah. Uh, you guys beat the hell out of both streets, uh, but on the other hand, you did make an attempt to clean them up. So, thanks for doing that. So it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, Thank you. I know a couple of those sidewalks. I presume you're going to fix them and uh, get some of the asphalt back. But uh, there was a time earlier this summer. But I guess that's all behind us. But uh, keep that street cleaner in town because it uh, it makes a big difference. Well, he, I think he's still working every every weekend. That's great. Yeah, I think the, the little things go a long way. So, are we ready to go into the encounter? Just one question. Uh, that one section of uh, gravel that just passed, uh, uh, where you guys keep on work crossover and you had the grooves there, is that your guys' responsibility to uh, repave? Uh, which side of the bridge are you? Uh, it will be on the, the river road side. River road. River. Yeah. yeah, so where that gravel section is this year, we should dig that up again. Put another cover on top. So that that original excavation was to let that go gas to lower the pipeline, okay. which then allows us to put a drainage cover on top. So we've got to go excavate that out, put the new drainage cover in, and then we'll, we'll fix that up. Okay. And so how long is that going to take? Uh, I mean, for you to get that all finished off? Uh, probably mid February. Mid February. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's just residents are asking. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. what they're doing is as they're going on the road, a lot of times what they're doing they're going into the oncoming traffic uh, just to avoid that whole gravel area. So even if you try and level it out, because you know there is that drop, and so people are trying to avoid that little section there. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So um, what we're going we're gonna to take a, uh, I guess it's termed a lifestyle for these days. Um, <laughs> so so we're going to take a break, and uh, we will we'll be going in camera with Alberta Transportation and the contractors, and this one will be. Um, under uh, intergovernmental relations under FOIP.
And so we'll also be asking the gallery to leave and we'll, uh, I know that most of the gallery here is actually uh, uh, here for another in-camera session. So it may actually take us about 15, 20 minutes before we get to that one. Okay, great, so we can recess. Officer policies. So who is leading that discussion? So, uh, Your Worship and Council of the Town Fisher, as Community Peace Officer Policy requires a slight amendment in order to uh, the cannabis sections of the Gaming Liquor and Cannabis Act to be added to the Peace Officer appointments. As you're obviously aware, legalization of cannabis occurred um, on October 17th. Authorized employees of peace officers, which the town is one, just need to request authority for provincial statutory enforcement under the Gaming and Liquor and Cannabis Act. For the peace officers. Um, so while the Solicitor General did make changes to the authorizations and appointments to work under the new act, they didn't include cannabis sections. Uh, in order for this to come into effect, uh, we need to make submit a request for amendment to authorization and appointment uh, with the Solicitor General. Basically, this requires a slight uh, amendment to the policy that we have in place, the Community Peace Officer Policy, by just adding uh, the attached paragraph there in the exhibit section. It basically just details um, how peace officers would treat uh, cannabis if they seize it, um, and how we destroy it. Um, and then in reference there is a bulletin put out by the Alberta uh, Parks uh, Ministry of Environment and Parks regarding how our cannabis can be disposed of. So once this uh, is added into the policy, then we'll submit that uh, request for amendment with that policy to the Solicitor General. Okay. Questions? Mr. Good, you're our leading expert on this. <laughs> You knew what it was, for, sir. I didn't. <laughs> okay, you knew that I didn't know. I, so I, you I must have known. I knew. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm not going to say anything to stop you joining the U.S. for for Disney. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have everything here. I think you outlined it quite well. Thank you. Okay. No questions. No questions. Gone. Alright. Uh, so, what's what's your what's your ask? Well, the option is to approve the amendment to the community policy, community peace officer policy. I'll move that. Okay. All in favor? Thank you.
Thank you. Uh, request for a decision take a president's visit. Worship and Council, uh, having our annual presence visit for APAGA, which is the Applied uh, or the Association of Professional Engineers and Geoscientists of Alberta, and uh, he is coming up to uh, Peace River to visit the Peace Region branch on the 7th of November. And uh, yep, uh, touring uh, projects in the area and meeting with. Uh, various branch members uh, throughout the day and then we'll be uh, having uh, a presence visit dinner and so this uh, request for decision is to enable the mayor and council to attend 2018 and peace region presence visit on uh, 7th November 2018. So this would uh, show support uh, for APEGA and their local initiatives, including uh, STEM activities for local schools, which is uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. And uh, matter of fact, we're conducting our science night up in Manning uh, coming up in November. And it's always a, a well-attended event uh, for uh, our school-aged ch children, and it gives a chance for our branch members to encourage uh, children into the sciences, uh, technology, engineering, and math. So option two is to decline uh, to enable the mayor and council to attend the uh, visit on September. Uh, so no real advantages through that and disadvantages uh, does not support the local PEGA members in their efforts to move STEM activities within the Peace Region branch. Uh, financial implications of the so administration's recommendation is that council enable the mayor and council to attend the 2018 APEGA Peace Region Presence visit on 7th of November 2018. How many people are going to that? Just remember, are you going? Uh, I feel like a member. I don't. I won't be able to. Speech and the delivery. Sure. Oh, is there actually a request for us to? Uh, there would be a request to uh, bring greetings on behalf of the town of Peace River to the, uh, the branch. Okay. Um, Autumn, would you be able to cook something up with Byron, or do you want to write it yourself? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And I will stick to the script at least 75%. Wow, that was about 60% more than I Sorry. Was that more than you thought it would be? You should have come to World Religion Day. Oh, wait. So, Mr. Mayor, I would move that uh, the council enable the mayor and uh, council to attend the 2018 Apega Peace Region President's Visit on November 7th. So I'm, I'm still back at how Johanna Downing would be able to stay in the script on religion today. <laughs> given, given, given her atheistic feelings. All in favor of that last? <laughs> this is being recorded too. <laughs>
<laughs> you might not get the religious vote next, next time when they dig up the uh, next time. <laughs> okay. Um, request for decision remembrance day. Nobody's taking that? I'll move it. I'll move to enable the mayor and delegate to attend the 2018 Remembrance Day ceremony and lay a wreath on behalf of the town. Okay, all in favor? You got a theme picked out to this year, Your Worship? Nope. Did you do it the night before? It's only October the 22nd reports not information there's a briefing note by the centennial committee which we were thoroughly briefed on uh there's a briefing note from the tv friends of the environment craft award is there anything we sh you want to underscore there uh, uh ms bell Um, just that we, uh, under our grants coordinator, applied for the TDs of the Environment um, grant, and we did receive our full application of 10,000 plus, 300 and change. Wow. So we're looking at planting 70, 70 shrubs and trees in Saddleback next year. And maybe you could get the Boreal Institute to uh, plant the other 30 for us. When you come up to an even hundred. Half of them were already planted at, at Rotary Kingsmith. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you can't have a centennial year and only plant seven. <laughs> we yes, we can. can. <laughs> <laughs> don't plant we, them we over over any caravans over yeah. 100. <laughs> seven trees and branches. You're going to have to find another 30 trees. Um, Firefighters rooftop campout for MD for the muscular dystrophy event. Is there anything you want to say to that, Mr. Harris? Uh, no, the information there. The uh, picture of firefighters and the county normal lights. Firefighters will be doing the campout. November 2nd. 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 November what, do you have a fire pit? Don't <laughs> <laughs> <Orange> coffee. <laughs> Sorry. So last year was the inaugural event where they raised uh, over $6,000 for R&D. Uh, they hope to surpass that this year. Well, maybe they can help uh, Tanya Bell raise her $3 for 30 trees. Oh, I'll well, take uh, okay. A motion to accept for information? All in favor? Any notices of motion, Mr. Parker? Certainly was the mover on that last one. That was council report. Uh, okay. Everyone's just like, <laughs> So our public has left us as run off in droves. I think they were quite annoyed at the end. I gave them to town all the way for this. <laughs> oh, we kept them waiting around. Mr. Aguirre was north of that. The media left after repeated phone calls. <laughs> um, uh, she was going to be recorded. So. Uh, key community. Uh, anything we need to get out there, Ms. Hume? 